Good evening. I'd like to call to order the regular meeting of the Berkeley City Council for Tuesday, November 14th, 2023. The first item on our agenda is roll call. If the city clerk can please call the roll. Councilmember Kisarwani. Here. Applin. Present. Bartlett. Here. Harrison. Here. Hahn. Present. Wengraff. Present. Robinson. Present. Humbert. Present. And Mayor Arigi. Present. All members are present. Thank you very much. Uh, we'll move now to the next order of business. I just before we go to ceremonial matters, want to acknowledge the land acknowledgement statement that is on our published agenda um, and recognize that we are on the ancestral and unceded land of the Chichenyo speaking Ohlone people. So we'll now move to ceremonial matters. And first, we're going to be presenting two proclamations tonight. And um, bear with me, colleagues. Um, the first proclamation I'd like to present is in recognition of Lung Cancer Awareness Month. And is either Miss Senia Chowdhury here or John Sluit? Are they either here in person? Okay, yes, please come forth to the podium. And so this is a proclamation recognizing November 2023 to be Lung Cancer Awareness Month uh, in the city of Berkeley. Uh, whereas lung cancer is the leading cause of cancer-related death amongst men and women in the United States and in California, accounting for more deaths than breast, prostate, or colon cancer combined. And it's important to recognize the strength and courage of those affected by lung cancer and to remove the stigma around the disease as any of us can be diagnosed with lung cancer. Screening for lung cancer for high-risk individuals using low-dose computed tomography can lead to earlier detection of lung cancer and can save lives. And lung cancer research is leading to even greater breakthroughs in the identification of genetic alterations associated uh, with lung cancer, as well as breakthroughs in the development of lung cancer treatments, uh, leading to better management, quality of life, and hope for patients and their loved ones. Now, therefore, be it resolved that I, Jesse Edigin, the mayor of the city of Berkeley, do hereby declare November 2023 to be Lung Cancer Awareness Month in the city of Berkeley. And I'll just say on a personal note, um, as the grandson of um, somebody who passed due to lung cancer, um, this is, uh, it's so important that we continue to raise awareness of the risks that people bear due to lung cancer. We continue to support critical research um, so that we can hopefully someday uh, prevent um, any more deaths due to this, um, this terrible disease. And thank you for being here today and for your work to raise awareness about this important issue. I'll turn it over to you. Hello, my name is Sonia Chaudhry, and I'm the Vice President of the UC Berkeley Chapter of the American Lung Cancer Screening Initiative, commonly abbreviated to ALSI. ALSI is a national nonprofit comprised of students and physicians working together to raise awareness on lung cancer and lung cancer screening. On behalf of the ALSI team, we would like to thank the Berkeley City Council for recognizing Lung Cancer Awareness Month this November 2023. It is an honor to be here today. Lung cancer is now the leading cause of cancer-related deaths worldwide. It is the second most common cancer in the U.S., with an estimate of over 230,000 diagnoses and over 127,000 deaths this year alone. Anyone can get lung cancer. Claiming more lives than breast, prostate, and colon cancers combined, lung cancer has become the deadliest cancer in the U.S. However, it doesn't have to be. Early detection through lung cancer screening can catch lung cancer early, when it's easier to treat and survival rates are higher. Unfortunately, the national screening rate is as low as 5.7% and only 1% of high-risk Californians are being screened. We strongly encourage all individuals aged 50 to 80 with a smoking history to ask their doctor about lung cancer screening. It's also important to spread the word to anyone who may benefit from screening. 
By advocating together, we can bring awareness to lung cancer and remove the stigma surrounding it. By disseminating together, we can increase screening rates and decrease lung cancer mortality. Together, we can help save lives. Thank you. Thank you so much. Thank you for being here this evening. The proclamation is right there. And thanks for your work to raise awareness of this important issue. Thank you so much. Thank you. Okay, we're now going to present a proclamation um, in recognition of Susan Muscarella, the founding president of the California Jazz Conservatory, who I believe is with us this evening. Um, and both Councilmember Wengraf and Councilmember Harrison will be reading the proclamation. Councilmember Wengraf? Yes, thank you. Um, it's a real pleasure for me to be presenting part of this proclamation tonight. And to Susan Mascarella, who's a District 6 resident, who unfortunately is retiring uh, from her post as head of the jazz school. So here we go. Whereas Dr. Susan Mascarella has been a music educator, entrepreneur, composer, performer, director, arts administrator, music producer, festival founder and animal rescuer. And whereas Susan's job titles are just a fraction of her many accomplishments over a lifetime of service to music, the world of jazz, our city and community. And whereas Dr. Muscarella founded the jazz school in 1997, growing the school into an iconic internationally recognized institution and whereas under her guidance, the Jazz School grew and evolved into the California Jazz Conservancy, the only independent music conservatory in the USA solely devoted to jazz education and performance. And whereas Dr. Roscarella served as director of UC Berkeley Jazz Ensemble, created and produced the Downtown Berkeley Jazz Festival, and was a founding member and leader of the Downtown Berkeley Arts District. Thank you so much. And whereas, in addition to many national and international accolades, Susan was the 2018 recipient of the Benjamin Ide Wheeler Award, honoring Berkeley's most useful citizens. Now, therefore, be it resolved that I, Jesse Adegin, Mayor of the City of Berkeley, do hereby honor Dr. Susan Muscarella for her incredible Incredible contributions to our city and do hereby declare November 14th, 2023 to be Susan Muscarella Day. Thank you so much. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you, Susan. Thank you, Kate. I uh, just have a few words. Um, first of all, I'd like to thank the entire city of Berkeley for 26 years of support. Um, You've been with me and the school since day one, and we wouldn't be here without you. I'm very, very grateful for that. Um, <clears throat> and I just can't tell you how proud I am to, to have founded the school in Berkeley because, as you know, I've said many, many times that Berkeley is my favorite city, and I think it was the, the place to do it. Um, so I wrote a book with my colleague, Paul Fingerout, who is with us uh, here tonight, and it's... Um, California Jazz Conservatory, a 25-year retrospective. And it uh, outlines the, the history of the, of the school, but what it also does is it includes um, the history of jazz in Berkeley, which I think is really, really important 
So there's a section of, of, of the book that's devoted to that. And this is for you, Mayor Aragin. As and, a huge jazz aficionado, I look forward to okay, reading it. So. Thank you. And, um, and then um, I just wanted to thank one person in, who's here this, this evening who's been with me for 26 years. And I just couldn't really have done it without her. And that's Dr. Susan Brand. Susan? And I'm just so honored to, to receive the proclamation. So thank you all very, very much. And I'll bring, I'll bring this to you. Well, thank you so much, Susan, for being here tonight and for all your contributions, not just to the downtown, but to the cultural life of our city. And Susan's been... Um, you know, a, a real leader in our arts and culture community here in Berkeley. And we're just so grateful for founding and keeping the Jazz Conservatory going. Um, if you haven't been to a show at the Jazz Conservatory, please come to Addison Street in downtown Berkeley. Um, a lot of emerging and very famous acts are playing there. Um, and uh, really appreciate all you've done for our city. We'll continue to do for the Berkeley community. So we're so grateful um, to be able to recognize you tonight and uh, um, look forward to seeing you around town. So um, with that, we're going to go to the next um, item on our ceremonial agenda, which is a presentation from AC Transit on their realign process. We're joined this evening by representatives of AC Transit, and I um, believe there's a presentation, correct, Mr. Clerk? So um, we'll turn it over to you. Can you hear me? Good evening, Mayor Erigin, Vice Mayor Bartlett, Council members, uh, staff, and members of the public. Uh, my name is Ryan Lau, External Affairs Representative at AC Transit, joined here by uh, Chris Ali, our Acting Senior Transportation Planner, uh, here to present on uh, the Realign Initiative, which is um, our effort, AC Transit's effort, to um, redesign our, our service network in the wake of the pandemic. Um, Next slide, please. Um, just for context, AC Transit is the largest bus-only public transit agency in the state of California. Uh, we operate lifeline uh, transit service to essential workers, students, low-income individuals, seniors, uh, commuters, individuals with disabilities, and anyone uh, looking to reduce their carbon footprint. We operate a bus service in the western portion of the East Bay from the city of San Pablo and El Sobrante all the way down to Newark and Fremont. Um, and uh, as you can see here, 65% of our riders are low income, 75% are people of color, uh, and 43% are transit dependent, meaning that they need to utilize our service to get to work, to school, um, get groceries, and just generally uh, operate in their day-to-day -day lives. Next slide, please. And so here is our service in the city of Berkeley um, as it stands now. Uh, the lines in red are the most frequent service running 20 minutes or better along San Pablo, Solano Avenue, University Avenue, College, Telegraph, uh, Martin Luther King Jr. and around the campus. Routes in blue run every 30 minutes or better, and it may be difficult to uh, distinguish the gray and the blue, but the gray 
um, have varying frequencies, including our trans-based service, early bird service, which is our service that um, we utilize to support BART when they're doing early morning uh, rail maintenance, uh, and our overnight owl service. Next slide, please. So we're now in our phase three of Realign, uh, and in phase three, we've developed some uh, draft network proposals that we'll be uh, showing you here today. Um, and it, it consolidates down the, all of the public input that we've gotten through the, the first two rounds. Um, and so uh, we will take the feedback that we get through this phase, um, including in, in venues like this and just general uh, public outreach, um, to bring back uh, a final uh, proposal where we'll uh, do another round of solicitation of, of public feedback. Um, so we plan to have a final plan in mid-April 2024. Um, in summer of 2024, we plan to have some new uh, service standards, and then uh, we have a go-live date we're hoping to implement by uh, August of 2024. Next slide, please. So the board approved uh, the following three guiding principles in September, uh, which were refined based on what we heard across 47 events, 914 touch points, and one trilingual digital workshop. Um, these are relatively uh, self-explanatory. Equity is really um, making sure that we are servicing um, those equity priority communities as um, defined by MTC, basically our, our priority communities. Um, reliability, uh, essentially making sure that the buses come when they're supposed to. Uh, and then frequency, um, trying to make sure that the bus service is operating as frequently as possible. Um, and it's critical to note that they, these things, these three uh, guiding principles are not uh, mutually exclusive. And so uh, I will turn it over to Carissa to uh, sort of do a deeper dive on the round analysis. Thank you, Ryan. Um, next slide, please. So today we're gonna talk about the three different scenarios that were developed. Um, and then I uh, we will get into the more specific routings and some of those uh, details. Um, but first, I want to just emphasize that there, there are three scenarios, the balanced coverage scenario and the frequency scenario is what we'll be focusing on today. And those are basically using uh, reallocating the resources that we do have to make improvements. Um, and then finally, we have an unconstrained vision scenario, which is kind of you know, thinking big picture and outside of the box of what an ideal transit network could look like. Next slide. So um, the first scenario that we are looking at is the balanced coverage scenario. This scenario seeks to keep coverage everywhere in the service area as it exists today, um, but also expand it in a few places. Um, and so there's a number of realignments um, that will improve reliability, um, or access to layovers or restrooms for our bus drivers. Um, and again, you know, there are also some increases in frequency on lines where there is higher ridership. So that's the balanced coverage scenario. Next slide. The frequent service scenario. Um, this is looking to provide a fast and frequent network uh, where buses are coming more often and no line is running less than uh, every 30 minutes. Um, so there's also, um, you know, 
a, a overlap between this scenario and the balanced coverage scenario. Um, and really, I just want to note that if there is additional frequency in uh, along certain routes, that um, that is accomplished by reducing coverage in network in the network in places where uh, the few uh, people are writing. So there's some trade offs to just keep in mind. Next slide. And then finally, we have our third scenario, the unconstrained vision scenario. So really, this is more of everything everywhere. Um, it restores nearly all of the service uh, suspended during the COVID-19 pandemic. Um, it makes significant increases in frequency across the board on existing routes. Um, and it also proposes new lines and services to communities where, um, you know, there wasn't service before, um, even prior to the pandemic. Um, there, it includes three flexible service zones. Um, and, you know, right now, AC Transit doesn't have the resources, resources meaning buses, operators, the funding to achieve this, um, but it can be used to advocate for more resources um, and really represents a vision of what, um, you know, what is possible when we have uh, funding for transit. Next slide. So now I'm going to jump into the specific routes and those proposals. Um, these are just a few in and around Berkeley. Um, and uh, again, you know, if uh, you want to stay with this information more, we have um, more details on our website at actransit.org slash realign. Um, so let's let's jump in. Next slide, please. So um, this slide is showing lines uh, 6 and 51. Um, this is one of the most significant changes uh, that we're proposing to the system. Currently, lines 51A and 51B meet each other at Rockridge BART and customers uh, riding through a need to transfer. So we are proposing to extend line 51A the whole way along college and terminate it where the line 6 currently ends in downtown Berkeley. Um, and so that's going to be covering half of the line 51B. Um, we are proposing as well to extend line six along University Avenue to Berkeley to Berkeley Amtrak. Um, so this will allow for more one seat rides, less transfers between Berkeley and Oakland. Um, these lines would run every 12 minutes in both the in, in the balanced coverage scenario and every 10 minutes in the frequency scenario. And I do want to note that we have heard a bit from the public and from um, electeds about concerns about, well, these routes are being re are, are really long. And so um, as well as connections to the marina, the Berkeley Marina uh, with the developments in ferry. So we we are noting that as well. And we we appreciate the feedback. Next slide. Um, so line 72, 72M and 72R, they currently run along San Pablo Avenue, starting in downtown Oakland and going up to either Contra Costa College or um, along McDonald Avenue to uh, Richmond Point. Um, one of the key things we've heard is that it's confusing having three different routes because they end in different locations. Um, and so in response, we are proposing having the line 72 and 72M uh, we are proposing to discontinue the 72R and put those resources into the 72 and the 72M. Um, so that means that the, the, the 72 and 72M will come every 15 minutes or a combined 7.5 minute frequency um, instead of every 30 minutes. 
uh, we're also um, it, under this proposal, we would also space the bus stops out a little bit more while still keeping um, stops within walking distance for people. Um, and, you know, we, we just had an item about the San Pablo Avenue corridor. We are most definitely keeping that plan in mind. We have been in close um, coordination with staff on that. Um, and, and, and thinking about this proposal, we are, we're keeping in mind the ACTC San Pablo project. All right, next slide, please. Uh, line seven currently operates every 30 minutes and serves Arlington, North Shattuck and Emeryville Amtrak via Ashby Avenue. We are proposing serving Emeryville Amtrak uh, via Stanford Avenue. Um, line F also runs along much of this routing every 30 minutes. So if you have uh, under this proposal, if you have line seven and line F, um, that means they're uh, coming every, there's a bus coming every 15 minutes. So you can see where both the line F and line seven run parallel to each other by the orange and blue lines on the map. Um, and I wanna emphasize we're not eliminating Ashby service that will be covered under this proposal by line 27. And I'll speak to that in a moment. Next slide. Uh, line 52 is proposed to run every 15 minutes and start at Albany Village, travel down San Pablo and Cedar and make a loop around UC Berkeley. Um, the proposal is to extend line 52 straight down Cedar Street um, to provide direct crosstown service um, from the village to, sorry, from Albany Village to UC Berkeley campus. Um, so, you know, we, we're, we're also trying to serve San Pablo, Cedar, and North Shattuck neighborhoods with this route um, as well. Next slide. Uh, line 27, so this is the one that I talked about um, as covering Ashby Avenue. Line, line 27 will replace the current line 79 along Calusa Avenue. Line 27 is proposed to run every 30 minutes. Um, from El Cerrito Plaza BART Station along Calusa to downtown Berkeley, Ashby Avenue, all the way to Emeryville Amtrak. Um, so we're taking over the Ashby section from the current Line 7. Um, in addition, Line 36 would be extended to cover the southern portion of Line 79. Next slide. So Line 29 currently serves Lake Merritt. Uh, and it, every 20 minutes, we are proposing to reduce its frequency to every 30 minutes um, and use those resources to extend the line along Alcatraz Avenue um, in South Berkeley to provide new service where we currently don't have service today. Um, so this will also provide another crosstown option. Next slide. Line 18 and 88. Um, line 18 currently starts at Albany Village um, and travels down Solano Avenue all the way to Lake Merritt BART Station. Um, this proposal is to extend the line 18 up to Montclair um, and with service every 15 minutes. Uh, this route will continue to serve Albany Village. Um, and in addition, line 88 will be extended to Piedmont. So together, line 18 and 88 will replace line 33. Lots of numbers. Um, but I do want to acknowledge that like, we've also heard a lot about well, these routes are very long, um, and concerns about reliability, particularly 18, 36, 51, B, 51, A, um, and the six. So I do, you know, we're also noting 
that that's something we've heard a lot from community members and electeds as well. Oh, wait, where am I? Uh, next slide, please. All right. Line 12 is proposed to run every 20 minutes. Most of the route will stay the same, but we are proposing to extend service from Gilman down to 6th Street to the Berkeley Marina. Um, again, hearing a lot about, um, well, this feels a bit, you know, a bit of a long way around to get to the marina. Um, and uh, also noting that there are, you know, aware of the developments that are planned in the along the marina as well as the ferry. And so um, we're also taking that into account um, with these proposals. Next slide. Line 65 and 67 um, provide service to Berkeley Hills every 40 and 30 minutes, respectively. Uh, they will remain as is in the balanced scenario, but in the frequent scenario, they are consolidated. Um, some coverage is lost to free up resources for a system-wide 30-minute standard. So this is under the frequency scenario. Uh, next slide. Okay, so thank you for bearing with me. <laughs> um, just as a little summary, some of the key trade-offs in the cost-constrained scenarios, so the, the balanced and frequency scenarios, we are pro proposing to lengthen some lines to allow for increased frequency and to preserve coverage. Um, in addition, we are proposing adding service on Alcatraz and parts of Stanford. And finally, we are providing a consistent one ride to Oakland on line six and 51. Um, the additional frequency in the frequent service scenario is made possible by reducing coverage in the Berkeley Hills. Next slide. So here's what the scenarios look like in terms of the number of lines in each frequency category. In all scenarios, there are more lines operating every 10 minutes. The balanced coverage scenario has one fewer line coming every 10 to 15 minutes, and the frequency scenario has no lines operating worse than every 30 minutes. So there is a drop, uh, just kind of noting some things, there is a drop in the number of local lines in the balance scenario versus today, and that's because we some of the proposals consolidate routes. Um, and these numbers also only reflect individual line headways and not situations like MacArthur or San Pablo, where multiple lines are combining to provide multiple frequencies. So um, again, this is a broad overview. There's more information online and I'm going to pass it back to my colleague, Ryan. Thanks, Kristen. Uh, next slide, please. <clears throat> so yes, drinking out of a fire hose, we don't expect you to um, have all your feedback right now. Um, there's a, a lot of information on the website. Um, you can sit with it. Uh, this phase of um, public outreach is going through till um, December, December 13th. So you have um, plenty of time. Um, we are asking you to review and provide feedback, maybe consult with your staff, um, see what they have to say as well. Um, we also are hoping that you will share with your networks because um, obviously you you all might uh, ride the bus, but um, you have lots of constituents that probably do as well. So we want to make sure that we have um, broad feedback because uh, our service network is not going to be very useful if it's not usable um, by our riders. Um, and we also have set up um, a variety of different online and in-person engagements as well. Next slide, please. So besides um, this 
uh, council meeting, we were at the um, UC Berkeley Graduate Assembly earlier this month. Uh, and then I realized that we are here basically all week. Um, so today at uh, this city council meeting, tomorrow we're at um, BUSD. Uh, on Thursday, we're at the uh, Transportation and Infrastructure co Committee. So um, all this week, and then we skip a week, and then we're back here all week again. Um, on November 27th, we're at the UC Berkeley Class Pass Committee. Uh, on the 28th, we're at the Berkeley Interagency Liaison Committee. Um, I will see some of you there. Uh, and then uh, on the 29th, we're at the uh, UC Berkeley ASUC. Um, also, uh, on our website, you can find more information about a variety of different open house opportunities, pop-ups, pop-ins, um, also about our upcoming uh, community workshop on December 7th. Um, also, just to um, make sure that we're not ignoring those those folks that don't feel as comfortable in a digital setting, um, across our service network, we have 20 um, libraries that were that are hosting um, a big uh, booklet of all of our routes uh, in English, Spanish, and Chinese, along with um, a way to capture uh, written feedback. And we're going to be collecting that on a on a routine routine basis. Excuse me. Um, I also have take ones that I left in my vehicle, which I'll bring back um, and leave them leave them with Mark so that um, he can pass them out to all of you. Um, and happy to open it up for questions or feedback. Well, thank you for being here tonight. Thank you for presenting on this initiative. Um, in the interest of time, let's take a few questions from council members. Um, I think if colleagues have additional questions or more detailed comments, I would recommend that you contact Mr. Lau separately. Um, my, I guess my question is, what's the timeline for an AC Transit Board decision on any route changes? Uh, I believe that's um, April, mid-April. I see that. Okay. I thought I had it in here somewhere. <laughs> Okay, well, just if you can let just let me know, um, but just want to get a sense of when the decisions are ultimately going to be made about yeah, absolutely. The, the route changes. Thank yeah. you. Uh, Council Member Kaplan. Uh, thank you so much. Um, I, I've provided I've provided feedback, um, written feedback, um, but I wanted to thank you on behalf of the transit writers and transit dependent individuals in my district. Um, and just to quickly summarize what's important from what I'm hearing from folks, what's most important are to not lose a connection from the between the marina and the downtown, um, to not lose a transbay and crosstown connection in uh, Line G, um, and um, and for the 72R, um, I, I think there is value in having a long distance route with fewer stops for people who are going across uh, longer longer commutes. Councilor Robinson. Thank you so much for joining us, and I'll try to be real concise. It's so timely that you got to see the discussion on San Pablo too. highly relevant for the 72 conversations. Um, thank you so much for all the outreach you're doing. I can tell that you've received the feedback that I've contributed already since you nodded to the uh, changes at the marina a couple times there. Uh, I want to reiterate and bring my colleagues' attention to, to that difference. Um, the marina would still be served under the proposed configurations by a newly configured 12 line with a little extension, but the difference 
I'll say I think almost every proposed route change on the table comes with its pros and cons, but I think the substantive difference here for the marina is that it would no longer have a direct connection to downtown Berkeley, BART. And with all the conversations we're having about the waterfront specific plan uh, and the potential for a ferry terminal there and the importance of transit connectivity, I think that's a very important goal that I hope we can hold on to. And I just want to share one other nugget um, about this that I've heard in the last few days. Um, Cal Adventures, the recreational water sports program that operates out of the marina. It's a UC Berkeley rec sports program. Uh, they've done a little bit of surveying of their membership uh, and have found that upwards of 80% of their membership get to the marina using the 51B uh, from the campus area right now. And so I, I would, I will not hesitate to describe that as an existential threat to their programming, but I think you'll be hearing from them too. Uh, in the potential configurations, if there's a way that we can retain that direct connection, I hope we can. Thank you. Councilmember Harrison, then Han. Well, I realize that you cannot do everything. I am very concerned about the loss of service to the hills. We are right now looking to develop our BART stations and expecting people to get there. We know a large number of people that live in flatter areas of town, like where I live, can walk or bike to BART, but those in the hills probably cannot. What this will do with the loss of bus services mean they will just drive to San Francisco. I don't think that serves any of our goals. So I don't I don't expect you to answer this now, but I would like to know how you're coordinating with the BART project in North Berkeley and what your plans are. How can we reduce service to the hills and then eliminate the parking simultaneously? This seems like a real environmental disaster and isn't meeting our climate or transportation goals. Thank you. Yeah, I, I, I fully second those comments. It seems like every, what, six years, we have seven years, we have the same conversation with AC Transit about cutting service in the hills. And then we fight and we keep that service going. And we're going to have a major TOD project at North Berkeley BART. And we're eliminating um, parking for commuters. We need to have strong transit connectivity from people that live in areas that are not well served by, uh, well, that, are, that don't live immediately around the station. Um, and we, we need to keep those transit connections. Uh, Council member, we'll go to Council member Wengraff next. Well, thank you. And I just want to echo the comments of Council Member Harrison and Mayor Aragin. I am so disappointed to see service to the hills being reduced. This is counter to everything that we as council are trying to work towards. Um, people in the hills have no choice but to drive now. And you are just exacerbating that problem. So I really plead with you to try to figure out a way to increase service to the hills rather than reducing it. And Ryan, um, hi, Ryan, and I'll be in touch. Thank you. Okay, thank you. Councilor Hahn. Well, thank you. This is the same, same issue that I wanted to bring up, but I actually had a question about a potential solution. And um, I know that you're very focused on your core service of providing you know, buses for kind of longer distance travel, getting to and from work and things like that. But the challenge in, in the district I represent, which is also the North Berkeley Hills, is that most people get their day-to-day -day services directly. They, they Instead of going from north to south and south to north, they need to go from east to west and back in a straight line. Right now, if you want to get, say, from uh, the top of Marin to Solano, the top of Solano, you actually have to go to downtown first. It's like, and you have to change buses. So it's it's like a one hour 
operation. Um, and so my question is, is there any flexibility or opportunity to look at innovative models of providing public transit? I'm not sure if you're familiar with something called VIA that was operating in New York City for a long time, but unfortunately is no longer. Um, it, it was essentially a, a small bus that created its route in real time um, because people would hail it um, and they would pick people up and then they would pick people up along the route and then uh, drop people along the way. I mean, it's, it's kind of bus for the 21st century. And I feel like a model like that could make a lot of sense um, to serve the Berkeley Hills, um, but also potentially other areas in, in that, that are served by AC Transit that have similar challenges. And I'm wondering, do you have like a unit that's working on innovative transit options that could fill in where your traditional buses maybe don't make as much sense any longer? Thank you for that question. It's a great one, and we appreciate you bringing up VIA. It's we've heard of you know VIA and similar models like that before. Um, I think uh, some sort of flex model is something we're looking into. Um, it, it does provide exactly what the name says, right? Flexibility, um, potential like point A to B options, depending on how it's structured. Um, and, and you know the trade-off to that is it's very very expensive. Um, so, you know, we we're looking into it. We don't have a unit right now, but it's something that we're considering and we've heard from other uh, constituents as well. Yeah. Thank you very much. Vice Mayor Bartlett. Thank you, Mr. Mayor. Uh, thank you for your presentation. And um, it's good to see you here, Mr. Lau. You're very dapper. <laughs> uh, yeah, yeah, I want to thank you for listening to the feedback. I'm very pleased um, that there is expanded coverage on Alcatraz Avenue uh, and also maintaining coverage of Ashby. Uh, important because these two lanes in particular link uh, many low-income people to health care and to food. Um, so very thankful for that. Uh, I do want to share in the, the, the concern around the cut of service of the hills because um, on the one hand, uh, Decreasing coverage there strands seniors in their homes, uh, which is bad for a number of reasons. Uh, it also requires workers who work in the hills, and there are many uh, on a daily basis, to having to park their cars up there, which is very difficult. Uh, there's very little parking. Uh, this was to getting tickets and then getting a boot and all that business. Uh, and of course, with our fire plans, we do want to be conscientious around cars on the streets in the hills uh, for rapid evacuation in the event of a calamity. Uh, and then, um, uh, and third, you know, just a more optimistic towards the future. Uh, you know, I do, I do think there is a vision um, for, as my colleague mentioned, um, an expanded, more creative form of transit, uh, shuttles, things like that, P public private partnerships, and able to enable us to reach more people for less, uh, look into that. Um, and also, ultimately, you have my full support, I'm sure this council as well, to help you in your advocacy to get funding for buses because we all know the fares don't cover it. It should be free. And um, we would like this to be free for the people. So um, we'll, we'll be with you. Thank you. We can keep service in Berkeley. We'll certainly advocate for more funding. Let's go next to Councilmember Humbert. 
Yeah, thank you both for your presentations. I really appreciated it. <laughs> appreciated both of them. Um, I represent uh, District 8, which is the Elmwood and Claremont and the surrounding neighborhoods, and we are well served by AC Transit. I'm really happy about the reunification of the 51 that allows people uh, who live in the Elmwood um, and along College Avenue to hop on the bus and get to Oakland without having to transfer. So that's a good thing. Um, I do want to make sure, I, I, I would urge that we um, really think about, that you really think about um, adequate service to the marina. And maybe that means, um, you know, right now the 51B, every other bus I think goes to the marina, maybe apply that sort of a principle to the, I guess it's the six, that'll propose new six. Um, maybe that would make sense. I also am really concerned about service or lack of service rather to the hills because of all the reasons uh, articulated by my fellow council members. Um, I wanna make it easier for folks in the hills to get down to BART and to get down to, to shop and get back home. And I wanna make it easier for folks who work up in the hills um, to hop on the bus and get up there to, to go to work and avoid driving up there and parking and, and, you know, creating additional congestion in those very windy streets. So that's something that, that I'm really also very concerned about. We, you know, I think the better, worse service in the hills means fewer people are going to take the bus, obviously. Better service would hopefully encourage, incentivize people to, uh, to switch from driving to, to, um, to mass, to AC transit. And uh, that's, you know, those are my comments. Thank you very much. Okay, thank you. Um, uh, that completes uh, questions and comments from the council. Thank you for being here tonight. Um, I, I agree with all the colleagues, uh, uh, all the co comments of my colleagues around um, the, the areas of focus, um, the hills, looking at the connection to the marina. I think I appreciate that you're looking at connecting to a potential ferry. But we also have some major projects at North Berkeley and Ashby Station. It's important that we have strong transportation linkages there because that's really key to our transportation and man management strategy for those projects. So really ask that you take a close look at that um, because we are contemplating reducing parking because we want to make sure we have strong bike, pedestrian, and bus connections for people. But we need to make sure we have those bus connections. So um, thanks for being here tonight. Um, there'll be opportunities for council members to provide feedback directly to AC Transit. Um, and I think, what's the website address again, actransit.org? actransit.org slash realign. Okay. And appreciate your time and, and appreciate your feedback. This is exactly what we're looking for. Um, so that's why we're hitting like Berkeley three times this week. So Really appreciate you being here and for hearing our inputs. And um, uh, thank you. And with that, we'll proceed to our next order of business. Thank you. So our next um, agenda item is city manager comments. I'd like to ask our city manager, Dee Williams, really, if she has any comments for the city council and the public this evening. Yes, thank you, Mr. Mayor. I'll be very brief. Um, I did want to give the council community a, a just an update. At your last meeting, we heard from the president of SEIU CSU regarding a number of concerns that the labor group has um, with management. And so I wanted to just assure you that um, when we're working through our labor issues, we do try to resolve them on an ongoing basis and work very collaboratively with the labor groups. 
we will be responding with a comprehensive reply to the concerns that they brought to you all um, last week. And so we'll make sure that those are um, responded to as quickly as we possibly can. I do wanna share that we believe that some issues we have shared, responded, and there are other outstanding issues that we will certainly get back to the labor groups on. We want good partnerships with our labor groups. Um, I think we all want that and we look forward to resolving the issues with them and resuming our meetings with CSU um, teams. So thank you for the time to speak. And then lastly, I'd like to invite the community to our upcoming reimagining update where we'll be talking about what the work that's that we've done so far, the successes we've seen with reimagining um, public safety and giving them an update as well on um, ceasefire and violence prevention models. So we look forward to providing that presentation to the council in early December. So thank you, Mr. Mayor and council. That concludes my comments this evening. Thank you so very much. Okay, we'll move now to the next um, order of business, which is public comment on non-agenda matters. And colleagues, I'd like to ask for unanimous consent that we conduct this public comment period differently than we normally do. Um, I'd like to ask that we uh, select 20 um, speakers on non-agenda matters, that we only select in-person speakers, given the large number of people here this evening who wish to address items that are not on the agenda. Um, so I'd like to ask unanimous consent that we modify our public comment period to take 20 speakers, uh, in-person speakers this evening. And um, the members of the public have the opportunity to submit speaker cards. And so, Mr. Clerk, if you can select 20 cards, um, and if you've selected them, please read the names of the speakers. Yes. Five at a time. Uh, well, I'll run through them all, and then okay. I'll come back and restate the first five. Thank you. Just so people can be ready. Uh, Diona. Tashim, Nia, Elizabeth, um, Sefas, Terza, Alice A, Carla Cabral, Samia Chaudhry, Sese, Hamza, Sophia, Eid, Roy, Samira, Maliha, Rohan, uh, Ms. Omawale Fowles, Carol Morosevic, Moni Law, Angelica Barakat, and Rayed. Okay, and um, so we'll take comments from those speakers. Um, and uh, we'll only be taking 20 speakers for this round of public comment on agenda matters. We will not be taking virtual speakers. But any members of the public who are participating virtually, you're welcome to submit comments via email. Uh, we want to make sure we can hear from as many people who are here in person tonight. Mr. One, Clerk? One minute, right? One minute per speaker. And if you can read five names at a time. Yes, and you can come up in any order and just line up here. Uh, the first five again, Diona, Tashim, Nia, Tirza, and Alice A. Go ahead, if you're ready, go ahead. Thank you. Umbiak Gindi, Nao Kawen, Diana Vihil, Navitoa Kawen, Ove Goyo, Na Nambe Wingelta. My name is Diana, and I address you all today on stolen and occupied land that we can acknowledge but not give back. I stand here today to ask the city of Berkeley to pass a resolution for a ceasefire. As an Indigenous person, 
and just someone with a deep love for people and life and planet, we cannot sit silent as Israel continues to carpet bomb Gaza in an attempt to erase Palestinians. I stand here as an indigenous person who the US failed to erase and who and who the US also supports uh, Gaza, and, sorry, Israel um, in their destruction of the Palestinian people. Palestinians in Gaza refuse to accept the conditions of occupation and we have a responsibility to refuse them here. Thank you. Thank you, next speaker, please. Hello, I woke up this morning to photos of suffering NICU babies, struggling without the necessary equipment to survive. Children holding press conferences outside of the Al-Shifa hospital, begging for a demonstration of compassion and empathy. Cease fire, the little voices clanked. We are being executed. Five-year-olds are the most represented age group found amongst the dead. I read an extensive list today, naming thousands of children who have been killed, and not a single one of those children have reached the age of four. We the people demand for this legislation to pass reform. We are calling for a ceasefire because the money we spend countless hours working for is being used against our will. You are making murderers of the American people. Thank you. Thank you. I am calling on this council to demand an immediate ceasefire by Israel and the U.S. government. Thousands of children, babies, and civilians are being killed in front of our eyes. An estimated 50% of the population in Gaza are children. Mothers are writing the names of their children on the hands of their children so they can find and collect the dead. And this is okay because they are Palestinians? Shall we get out the popcorn and watch CNN's censored coverage? What happened on October 7th is horrible, but this all started in 1948 and before. Palestinians in Gaza are mostly a displaced, forcibly impoverished population under siege, a flagrant violation of international law, a dehumanized people in a can with nowhere to run as they are destroyed with incessant death bombs. As humans, we recognize it when our own are being decimated, and it is our obligation to speak up. We see it, we know it, and we must name it. This is genocide. Please call for an end to this happening on our watch. Thank you. Berkeley is my home. I attended Berkeley Arts Magnet Elementary, Longfellow Middle School, and after graduating from Berkeley High, I stayed in Berkeley. As a lifelong Berkeley resident, I am heartbroken that we have remained silent when it comes to the ongoing genocide happening before our eyes. I am here today to urge the city council to pass a resolution in support of a ceasefire in Palestine. The average age of those killed in strikes is five years old. Five years old. Israel has dropped more than 25,000 tons of explosives on the Gaza Strip since October 7th, the equivalent of two nuclear bombs. 
Israel has also unleashed inhumane chemical warfare indiscriminately on Palestinian civilians, including white phosphorus bombs, which is illegal according to international law. This white phosphorus reacts with air, which means that even when the children after their bandages are removed, the phosphorus reacts with air and the, the chemical reactions continue. Hi, my name is Tirza and I'd like to cede my time to Christina Hart. Hi, my name is Christina Harb. I'm an educator here in Berkeley. I'm also the first American born in a family of Palestinian refugees who was forced from their home in uh, their homes in Palestine in 1948. I'm part of a large multiracial and intersectional community in the Bay Area that is demanding you to pass draft and pass a resolution that does call for a ceasefire, an end to the siege in Gaza, an end to the military occupation in Palestine, an end to all U.S. military aid to Israel and acknowledges that Palestinians also have the right to freedom. I also want to urge you as a city council who are elected members of our city, who are also probably looking into other political endeavors to resist political pressure from people who will offer you propaganda trips to Israel for free. People that will tell you that if you demand humanity and freedom for Palestinians, that it is somehow anti-Semitic. That is a lie. Um, and we, I want you to remember that your voters are very diverse and the tides are changing and people largely support freedom for Palestinians and Palestinian liberation. There should be nothing controversial about saying stop killing Palestinians. I don't understand why it's controversial. I don't understand why we can't just say we as taxpayers do not want our money supporting genocide. We do not want our money supporting military occupation of indigenous people. I think it's ironic, actually hypocritical, that this board has land acknowledgments for indigenous people, but we cannot acknowledge the indigenous people of Palestine who are experiencing what indigenous people here experienced for the last 400 years. Are we gonna wait until genocide is over before we say something? Thank you. Okay. Mr. Clerk, can you read the next five names? Okay, the next five are Carla Cabral, Samia Chaudhry, Cece, Hamza, and Sophia. Hello. I yield my time. What's your name? What's your name? What's your, what's my name's Carla Cabral. You're yielding, yielding to... my time. Hello. My name is Ihsan, and I'm a student at UC Berkeley. And I'm here tonight to urge you to uh, express solidarity for Gaza and to call for a ceasefire in Gaza. The people of Gaza are facing a massive campaign of ethnic cleansing and genocide by the apartheid Israeli government. And um, I've been sending emails to my government representatives for the uh, past few weeks, urging them to call for a ceasefire. 
I tell them how many Palestinians have been killed uh, in the bombing of Gaza. And every few days, I have to add another 1,000 to the death count. 6,000, 7,000. More than 11,000 Palestinians have been killed by Israeli bombardment in the past month. Students of Berkeley are strongly in favor of a ceasefire in Gaza. And we represent a significant percentage of voters. I urge you to call for a ceasefire in Gaza to represent your constituents and for the sake of human rights and human dignity. Thank you. Thank you. Uh, yeah. Hi there, I'm Hamza, a resident of the city of Berkeley and a student at UC Berkeley. I'm here to ask the city to pass a resolution calling for this for a ceasefire in Gaza and an end to U.S. military aid for Israel. Among your constituents in the city of Berkeley, I have friends who, who have lost more than 20 members of their family, nearly half of whom are children, to the Israeli airstrike being fired on Palestine. You owe it to the many Palestinian residents of Berkeley to support a ceasefire that would end the further eradication of their families and friends in Gaza. The U.S. has the ability to end the devastation taking place in Gaza, but we instead choose to send $14 billion in military aid to Israel. This $14 billion, coming straight from the taxes of Berkeley residents, goes straight to, towards enabling the siege that has resulted in over 10,000 dead Palestinians, uh, civilians, and children. Passing a resolution for a ceasefire would send the right message to the country that we want to end the suffering that is directly affecting the Berkeley community. Thank you. Thank you. Hi, my name is Cece and I am a Palestinian American. I went to high school in Berkeley and was always proud of Berkeley's history of defending civil and human rights. I'm here in support of humanity hoping Berkeley makes history tonight, just like Richmond did. In addition to 1,400 Israelis who were killed, there have been over 11,500 Palestinian civilians killed, and thousands more are dead under the rubble. Every 10 minutes, a child is killed in Gaza. I think we can all agree carpet bombing heavily populated civilians, homes, hospitals, churches, and mosques, and schools is not acceptable. War crime after war crime is committed with no repercussions. Enough is enough. This deserves all of our attention. It's day 39. The Palestinian people under fire in Gaza need a voice, and I am urging Berkeley to do the right and decent thing and demand for an immediate ceasefire. Thank you. Mr. Chlet, did you read the remaining speakers? Uh, Eid, Roy, Samira, Maliha, and Rohan. Okay. If any of those names that were called, um, just like come, to come, come forward. forward when you're. Thank done. you. Hello, my name is Samira, and I'm a student at UC Berkeley. I am here today to urge you all in the strongest capacity to pass a resolution demanding an immediate ceasefire and support for Palestine. This is the bare minimum as members of this nation, but also as human beings. We all have blood on our hands. And as an American, my taxpayer dollars are going to fund the war crimes and carpet bombing unleashed indiscriminately on the Palestinians. As a student, 
My tuition money is supporting the occupation, ethnic cleansing, and oppression of the Palestinians. The grief ha I have witnessed of my Palestinian friends and peers is heart-wrenching, yet the resilience continues to inspire me to speak up. Even as dozens of their family members are murdered, they have more courage than majority of our elected officials. <laughs> Mayor Aragin, I speak to you for a moment. I am appalled that you, as a representative of this city that prides itself on its legacy of activism and social justice, would choose to visit an apartheid colonial state such as Israel as it collectively commits a genocide and collective punishment against innocent Palestinians. Thank you. I'll just also say for the record, I also visited the West Bank. Um, so if you can read the remaining speakers. Hello, my name is Rohan, and I am the son of Golden Bears. Many powerful movements have originated here in Berkeley, from this brief speech movement to being one of the first cities to divest from companies doing business with the apartheid regime in South Africa. However, on this issue, Berkeley is behind. Other cities like Richmond and Cudahy have already passed resolutions against the genocide in Gaza. It is time for Berkeley to do the same. Please pass a resolution for ceasefire and solidarity with the people of Gaza. Thank you. Okay, can we read some more names, Mr. Clerk? Uh, we got uh, Maliha, Samia, yeah. Hello, my name is Maliha and I'm a student here at UC Berkeley. And I'm standing before you all calling the city of Berkeley to call for a ceasefire and stand against Israeli apartheid and ethnic cleansing. Just like the city of Richmond has passed a resolution showing solidarity with the people of Gaza, I also urge the city of Berkeley to do the same. Each day that we wait until calling for a ceasefire, the blood of those killed is on our hands. So far, 11,000 Palestinians have been killed. Every 10 minutes, a child is killed. Various human rights organizations have called what is happening in Palestine a genocide. We are watching, we are watching a genocide happen right before our eyes, and we continue watching without acting. I urge you to not remain complicit as this genocide continues. Ceasefire now. If you can read a few more names, Mr. Clerk. Yes. Uh, Ms. Omawale Fowles, Carol Morosevic, Moni Law, Angelica Barakat, and Rayed. Carol, since Ms. Fowles is on that side of the room, you want to come forward and speak? Uh, regarding an earlier comment from the public on sex trafficking, it very much still exists in Berkeley. We had an FBI special agent come to the Commission on Status of Women who apprised us of the many cases he's been handling in Berkeley over the last three years. Uh, second, on the specialized care unit, the response time through no fault of theirs can be long. In West Berkeley, there was a 16-minute response time that was advised it would take to get there. When you're addressing someone in crisis, time is very critical. And, and 
especially when you're dealing with someone who's homeless on the streets, they keep moving around. Literally, someone described to me how they were following the person from place to place and kept calling back the SEU. I understand now that they were actually centered out of out of Oakland on Telegraph um, near Temescal. And if that's the case, they should be centrally located to reduce the, the response time. Um, thank you, Ms. Morosovic. Okay, thank you. Okay. Ms. Fowles. Good evening and thank you. I'm Ms. Fowles. I had two options. Uh, TOPA needs to be on the agenda for the 28th of November, 2023. The second issue is the ceasefire. We need the resolution passed immediately to stop all military bombing, as well as on the ground invasions, and as well as blockades. We also need the resolution to ask for an immediate emergency negotiation for redress of grievances against the state of Israel for its oppression of human rights of the indigenous Bedouin and the resident Palestinian populations. We demand immediate safe passage for unlimited amounts of humanitarian aid to all North Africans in refugee camps and in other ports, parts of the devastated areas. And we also ask that the existing and current use of $3.8 billion of taxpayer money stop, that it's used for U.S. postal system, Thank you. education, and public health refunding. Thank you very Thank much. You. I cannot stay silent on this critical moment in history. I can't look back and ask, did I do all I could to fight for peace in the Middle East, to advocate, to seek solutions, to free Israeli hostages, American hostages, save babies that are bombed by my country that contributes $3.4 billion in tax dollars to decimate entire neighborhoods? Dr. King said in his Beyond Vietnam speech, there's a time to break silence, and I call you city council to break your silence. When I was seven, I was uh, fighting the war in Vietnam as a peace protester. When it finally ended in 1975, I was 15. I protested the war. When I was a student here at UC Berkeley from 1978 to 82, I fought against apartheid and we've got divestment and we won. Maya Angelou said, show love, love for the babies. I say love for the women, the elders, both in Israel and Gaza. In South Africa, we fought, we won. Anti-nuclear battles, we won. We need to be on the right. I'm not pro-Hamas. Hamas. I'm not pro-Israeli. I'm pro-humanity. Thank you. Thank you. Okay. We can read um, some more cards, Mr. Clerk. Was your name called? Yes, it was. Okay, thank you. Hi, my name is Angelica Barakat. I'm a resident of Berkeley for over six years now, and I'm a Palestinian. We exist. We're real people with real hearts, real families, real children, real babies who all deserve to live and to be protected. Last summer, I visited my beautiful, kind family in the West Bank. I wore my cow hat when my dad took me to Bethlehem. And I wore my cow hat proudly because Berkeley, to me, represents a history of social justice. But every day I pray that I can return and hug them all 
Every day I am terrified that they will be killed. My family does not deserve that. My little baby cousins do not deserve that. Two weeks ago, my cousin was assaulted, covered in pepper spray, and his car vandalized. He almost died. He has a young daughter, just eight years old, who needs her father. In Gaza today, more than 11,000, 11,000 innocent people have been murdered by the Israeli government. This violence does not represent Judaism as a religion. It does not. The Israeli government is committing a genocide and ethnic cleansing. There is no controversy or complicated issue about that. We need a ceasefire now. And this week is United Against Hate Week in Berkeley. It's United Against Hate Week. Do not be hypocritical. I could not think of a better time to pass a resolution for ceasefire and in solidarity with Palestine than today. Our neighbor city, Richmond, did this on October 25th, and we need to, too. Please finally step up and be moral leaders representing true Berkeley social justice. Please, Thank all you. of you, do something. Thank you. Uh, Mr. Clerk, did you um, select it? If, Mr. Clerk, did you yes. select any additional cards? Okay. Yes, we have um, Rayed, Eid, Roy, and we have uh, Shivani Nishar. Okay, if any of those people's names are called, would like to come forward. Roy had to leave for emergency. I, I wish you could give me his time because I have a bit more to say. First of all, I would start. Ceasefire now. Ceasefire now. Pray for the dead. You know, fight for the living. Not just for Palestinians, for Israelis as well. This thing in October 7 was planned. I'm a physicist, I'm a scientist. It was planned. Israel had the best uh, intelligence of the world. The interesting thing you waited for hours to respond. Nonsense. Netanyahu is an awful man. So I have 11 points. I make them very quickly. Oh, sorry about that. I am very, very, very sad. I have not been able to eat for the last two weeks. I hate it. I come from Egypt. Egyptians and Palestinians are the closest people. Gaza is 200 miles from my house in Cairo. Okay, so the first point, I'll just jump a couple. Carpet bombing, any area, residential area, in the word is war crimes. Number five, cutting water, food, electricity, communication is yeah. war crimes. Please give me, uh, you know, another at least two minutes. Destroying, yeah, destroying 600,000. You know, Gaza takes the architecture from Cairo, most beautiful city in the world, won many prizes. 600,000 homes? Number um, to order millions of innocent people to walk. Can you walk from San Francisco right now? Any of you healthy people? What about all ladies, old men, children? I have in my Facebook page bunch, hundreds of young dead kids. Okay, number uh, order. Yeah, you can go down south to Egypt, take them. Okay, very almost finished. Hospitals, ambulances, mosques, churches, synagogues too were bombed by Israel. Hitler murdered six million Jews in the dark. Nobody saw it. Now Israel doing the light in front 24 hours a day, even with the censorship of CNN and the rest of them, we can still see it. And yet we're doing nothing. None of us should eat. 
Number, number uh, nine, Israel dropped more bombs in the last four weeks in Gaza than U.S. dropped in Afghanistan the whole year. Okay, number 10, uh, it's Hitler saying. Okay, so we'll go to 11. President Biden, warmonger, genocidal monger. He is the only one in the world who can stop this thing immediately. No, I go to Israel and already, you know, I'm a scientist. I think he did something to his brain. He doesn't look very good anymore. And you know, he can stop it. Okay. Okay. So, that right, was 11 just points. Give me another 20 seconds. So, the next okay, uh, 20 seconds and we're going to move on. Yeah. Uh, as far as our issue on hand, please read the second page and make a decision soon. If I go legal against the city, many will be involved, including some personal ones. This is nonsense. Three years? Garbage. I lost over a million bucks worth of business. The, and the last, last, last thing, last point. please, everybody, look at the picture in this page here. You have eight war criminals led by Biden. Netanyahu, Mattel, the British Indian. Imagine England, imagine England has an Indian prime minister who is. Okay, your time is up, Mr. Abdullah. The next speaker is uh, Larry C. Mr. Abdullah, Sean. Shivani Nishar and Rayed. Okay, Mr. Clerk, could you read the remaining yeah, speakers? The next four, your name is? My name is Shivani Nishar. Okay. And then after this speaker, if you can read the remaining speakers, thank you. Yes. Uh, Rayed, Ishan, Imam, and Lari C. Go ahead. Every night I go to bed and I read stories of Palestinians who've been murdered. Every morning I do the exact same. And I want to read to you what I read this morning. My great aunt Elham Farah is a stubborn, fiercely independent 84-year-old woman. She lived life traveling whenever it was possible and being known as the relative who shows up at every family church and community event, whether she was invited or not. She was also that relative that if you answered her call, you knew you'd be giving her the green light to call you every other day. She's also a survivor. In the 2014 Israeli assault on Gaza, the Israeli military announced that it would bomb the high rise she lived in. On November 12th, my great aunt Elham couldn't stand remaining sheltered at the Holy Family Catholic Church in Gaza City. So she found a ride to drive her back home. The driver refused to go past a certain point. As she walked towards her home, an Israeli sniper shot her in the leg below the knee. She fell to the ground in the middle of the street, visible to everyone in the area. The neighbors said they could all see her, but they couldn't get to her due to the shooting in the area. We then learned snipers shoot civilians in legs in the open, visible areas. The objective is to lure fighters out or anyone for that matter who try to kill them. My great aunt is being used as bait. An hour later, this man tweeted that his aunt had died two hours after bleeding on the street alone, knowing that nobody could come save her. The question here is extremely simple. Do you believe that Palestinians have the right to a future, to a life full of joy, love? If you do, then you will call for a ceasefire now. Thank you. Mr. Clark, how many more? Mr. Clark, how many more speakers? Uh, we have just three more speakers. Can you please read the names? Lari C, Ishan, Imam, and Rayed. Are any of those individuals here? Thank you.
Good evening. I will keep this brief, but know that it is extremely difficult to illustrate the gravity of the situation in under only a minute. I'm a resident of Berkeley, and I'm a public policy student at the university, and I'm urging the city council to stand in solidarity with my Palestinian brothers, sisters, and siblings. We must pass a resolution for a ceasefire. If now, we must do it tomorrow because it is already too late. Over the course of the past few weeks, over 10,000 Palestinians have been martyred at the hands of the IDF with U.S. tax dollars. We are witnessing a genocide in real time, and our money is funding it whether we like it or not. Tens of thousands of us across the Bay Area have taken to the streets to illustrate our unwavering solidarity with the people of the Gaza Strip and the West Bank. While this humanitarian crisis is happening thousands of miles away, there is something we can do about this now, right here. We must call for a ceasefire. You hold the political influence and power to make a statement ensuring that you will be on the right side of history. And one that condemns the obliteration of family trees and whole communities. Do what is moral and do what is right now before it is too late. Thank you. Thank you very much. Who are the last two speakers, Mr. Clerk? Lari, C, Rayed, and Ishan. I'm not sure who just spoke though. Lari, okay, so Ishan, Imam, and Rayed. Are any of those individuals here tonight? Could you read the names again? Okay, Rayed and Ishan, Imam, also from before, Samia, Chaudhry and Sophia were chosen, but never came up. Is any of those folks here? Any of those individuals here? Okay, those are, let's draw three more cards. Okay, oh, well, we just have. Ms. Davila, you, your card more. wasn't selected. So we have uh, Steve Martino is the next speaker. Steve Martino. You've heard the story, you've heard the demands, you've heard the ethics, and you've heard the humanity of all the people here, and they're ill. They are even speaking for 55% of the people of the United States. Do a ceasefire. At least write a letter for a ceasefire. Now, it was on the agenda two weeks ago, and it was on a consent calendar, but now it disappeared because only four people would vote for it, and the rest, the five, abstained. That is just shameful. I don't know what but you're referring to. But what it means is case. that you have three possible choices to make. One, accept the shame in the face of the people here, the people of the city, and the people of the United States. Two. Accept the fact that you voted, you voted the consent calendar, and the consent calendar contained that item, and that item was therefore passed, and you did nothing about it after it was passed by this agenda in this Thank council, you. and you had to do something, and you did nothing. You thought it would just disappear. But the third thing you have to do 
is rectify the ambiguity of all of this. That is, if you have something on the consent calendar and there are people who don't want to vote for it, get it off the consent calendar, put it on action so that okay. you Thank and you. we can discuss, a, Thank to you discuss it, democratize that agenda. Yeah. And that is absolutely what is missing here is a democratic process time is up. for okay. the, 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 the resolution to write a simple letter about calling for a ceasefire. Thank you very much. All right. The last right. speaker is Safa Deust. The last speaker is Safa Deust. Safa Deust. Pardon? You can... Pardon? Okay. No, no. Yeah, you can. In 2014, you had an opportunity to do something and you didn't have 15. You didn't want um, this to come before council. Now, most of the people here are pro-Palestine tonight. They're begging you and pleading with you to do something about all the people being killed. Doctors are being killed. Journalists are being killed. Hospitals are being bombed. Children. I was at a demonstration the other day and the speakers, Palestinian speakers, were talking about every Palestinian has all kinds of family members that have been killed. Yet they're out still on the street marching. He talked about a two-year-old, a four-year-old, a six-year-old, an eight-year-old, and a 12-year-old family members killed. Entire generations of killed because they've been told to walk to, to a destination that was then bombed. You silence is complicity. You cannot be silent. Now is not the time to freaking be silent. If you have any sense of humanity in this bullshit of United Against Hate, it's just BS if you don't really believe it. You have to do something. Berkeley was one of the first cities that divested from South Africa apartheid. This is apartheid. It must end free Palestine. Thank you. Mr. Clerk, was that 20 speakers? Okay. okay. Okay, that th those were 20 speakers. That completes public comment on non-agenda matters. Thank you all for coming tonight. And um, we're going to take a five-minute recess before we go to the consent calendar. Thank you. Recording stopped.
The screens. Oh, hold on. Let me get. Um, Councilmember Wengraf, can you can you hear me? Yes, I can. Okay, I think we're going to start uh, pretty soon. So. Okay, uh, I'm just I'm waiting. I'm just waiting. Okay, sounds good. Yes, uh, I, Councilmember Wengraf can hear us and um, we can hear her. So, um, recording in progress. We can start at any time. Okay, we took uh, our caption required captioner break. We're going to reconvene and we'll now proceed to the consent calendar. So as we proceed with our business, if people can please take their conversations outside. Okay. On the consent calendar, Mr. Frank, we're starting the meeting. On the consent calendar, Madam City Manager, do you have any comments on the consent calendar? City Manager, have any comments on the consent calendar? Um, thank you, Mr. Mayor. Yes, we'd like to pull information item number 18. That's the nod for Kittredge, and we'll okay. return with that item at a different date. Thank you. Item 18, the LPO NOD for 2113 to 2115 Kittredge Street. That is being ruined by the city manager as the author. That will be brought back at a future meeting. Okay, Councilmember Wengraf. Thank you. Councilmember Wengraf on the consent calendar. Yes. Thank you. <clears throat> yes. Um, I just want to uh, say how excited I am uh, about item number nine, the memorandum of understanding for East Bay Hills regional wildfire prevention and coordination. Um, it's been a long slog getting to this point and, uh, and Mayor Aragin, I want to thank you for your uh, participation and leadership on this issue. Um, but I'm very happy to say that, you know, here we are and we will be approving this hopefully tonight. I also uh, want to apologize for overlooking Mr. Humbert had asked me to join this item early on and I had neglected to add him at the agenda committee. So I would like to add him now. Okay, so noted. Thank you. And um, <clears throat> on the see what item it is on the junior jackets item uh council member Taplin's uh item i would like to be added as a co-sponsor thank you uh yes yes thank you very much and that's it for me thank you very much councillor Taplin on the consent calendar 
Uh, thank you so much. I was I was only going to uh, speak to add Councilmember McGrath to item number eight, which is a budget referral for the Brooklyn Junior Jackets facilities expenses. So thank you. Thank you, Councilmember Humbert. Yes, thank you, Mr. Mayor. I have a few comments on the on the consent calendar. Um, item number what is it? Uh, number two. I'm enthusiastic about the expansion of the Elmwood bid to encompass the businesses at Alcatraz and College, College and Derby, and some additional businesses along Nashby. I think we have solid support from the merchants for this expansion. I look forward to working with the newly added businesses. And a couple more on item nine, the memorandum of understanding for the regional wildfire prevention and coordination. Um, thank you to um, Council Member Wengraff for sponsoring this important measure to enhance region-wide collaboration to reduce wildfire risk. And I appreciate her addition of me as a co-sponsor. The only part of Berkeley that burned in the 1991 wildfire was located within District 8. And we also have the highest the area with the highest fire risk in the city, Panoramic Hill. So I'm deeply invested in this issue. And that's it. Thank you. Sir Bates, you're out of order. If you can please stop speaking. You're out of order. As the presiding officer, I'm calling you to order. Please, we're trying to proceed with the consent calendar. And you're out of order. You're out of order. Okay, we're gonna take it. We're gonna take a break.
Recording stopped.
Stay here all day. You'll be here all day. 
Testing. Oh, let's go. Let's go. Let's go. Um, what? Free Palestine. Free Palestine. Speaking of indigenous people, um, a young woman called the cop-out's office yesterday named Yeha Little Cloud, and then the indigenous woman whose brother was killed by the Berkeley police. He was shot to death while driving a car. And uh, I talked with her yesterday, and uh, another sad case of murder going on, like the Zionists are doing inside this place called Gaza City, which reminds me of Hue in Vietnam in 1968 during the Tet Offensive, where the same thing happened in Vietnam, what's going on in Gaza right now. The oppression was finally too much. People had to do something, make the world take note, because they were... What the Zionist entity is doing now has been doing for the last year one or two people, occasionally a family, but every day, every day, somebody getting killed. And then finally, people said, can't do that anymore. We've had enough. We're not going to take it anymore. And they're not taking it anymore, except they're receiving far more than they can handle, obviously. That's why we need a ceasefire now. These people are... When I talk to my friends whose family members are being killed over there, it's excruciatingly painful to listen to them and uh you know the empathy that's going around there we're all suffering a lot we need to have a ceasefire it'd be so easy for these people to actually make a decision for a ceasefire which means stop killing each other i mean are they in favor of killing going on like that i mean karma has different kinds of ways of getting back at people, man. I felt guilty for Vietnam for 55 years. 55 fucking years. I mean, you know, the pain of, we were responsible for killing 3 million people. You know, we killed 3 million Vietnamese over there. You know, try living with that. You know, I don't see how these people can live without calling for a ceasefire. It's insane. I'm, thank you. Hello. Mic check, mic check. Hello, uh, fellow revolutionaries. May I call us? All right. Well, welcome to the city of Berkeley. I wrote a, a quick letter to the mayor. Hopefully um, it speaks for all of us. And it's it's very brief. It says, welcome to democracy draft a resolution or expect continued disruption and i'm going to place it on his desk with all our blessings oh don't cut it well i can talk loud anyways um but last story short is now's the time where we can decide how we want to organize now is um, a heavy moment where figuring out um, what actually makes change what actually 
um, sways elected officials' votes and voices. So we can get talking about it. We can get organizing. Let's do it. All right, everyone, thank you all so much for showing up here tonight. Your presence is so deeply valued. Let's give it up for, for everyone who's been here tonight. In, in support of human rights against genocide, against apartheid, and against ethnic cleansing, especially it's very relevant this week in Berkeley, a United Against Hate Week. I don't think they're necessarily practicing what they preach by any means, and we called them out on that tonight. When it comes when it comes to our next steps here, though, I think we should all be emailing the city council again, if you haven't already, with a drafted resolution. Let's let's do their work for them. Let's provide a draft of that resolution, um, and that can be circulated on Instagram with an email template. And let's let's make it as easy as possible for these people just to pass this. I hope deep in their hearts, and if they can hear me, I hope they know that it is the right thing to do. And let's get let's get this let's get this done. Let's get this resolution. This is one of the one of the few things that we can do. I know we all feel so helpless and freaking depressed right now, and it, it's it's so upsetting. But here locally, we can we can at least do this. So give it up for tonight. And I hope all the council members know this this won't be the end of it. This is just the beginning. And I just want to add a word about something I was very serious about, and that is the democratization of things at this local level, starting here with the city council. Now, it used to be that the people who came to a city council meeting had some say as to whether something stayed on consent or went to action. And they...
Okay, the council is back in session. We appreciate you all being here tonight and for your comments. Um, I'm going to make a motion to continue all the business on our agenda to a special meeting of the city council to be held on uh, Tuesday, November 28th. So that's a motion. Is there a second? 21st, 21st rather, November 21st. Second. And we'll continue all the public hearings and all the unfinished business. Let's call the roll on that motion. Okay. To continue to 1121, Council Member Kesarwani is absent. Kaplan? Yes. Bartlett? Yes. Harrison? Yes. Hahn? Yes. Wengraff? Yes. Councilmember Wengraff on the motion to continue? Yes. Yes. Okay. Robinson? Yes. Yes. Robinson? Yes. Humbert? Yes. Mayor Eric? Yes. yes. Okay. Motion to, motion to adjourn. What? I move to adjourn. Second. Call the roll. Uh, to adjourn. Councilmember Kesarwani to adjourn. Yes. Taplin? Yes. Bartlett? Yes. Harrison? To adjourn, yes. Pond? Yes. Wengraff? Yes. Robinson? Yes. Humbert? Yes. Mayor Aragon? Yes. We're adjourned. Meeting to adjourn.